think the misconception is that people think that they don't need a marketing department. If growth is your goal, marketing requires more than a page on Facebook to be successful. I think that that's where you have to start because it takes the most time to get where you want to go. In 2021, over half of all summer associates were women for the fourth year in a row. Yet, equity partners in multi-tier law firms continue to be disproportionately white men. Only 22% of equity partners are women. We would like to see that change. Hello, and welcome to LawHeart, the show where we celebrate the trailblazing attorneys and entrepreneurs who are changing the game for women in the legal field. Be inspired by their stories, learn from their mistakes, build community, and look forward to the future they're helping build for the next generation of women in law. I am Sonia Palmer, your host and VP of Operations at Rankings, the SEO agency of choice for personal injury lawyers. This is LawHer. Ashton Bremer is the driving force behind the explosive growth of Stuart Gus Injury Accident Lawyers. She commands a marketing department that spans four states and nine locations, and she shows no signs of stopping. As the saying goes, if you're not growing, you're dying. But what does that growth look like? How do you get there? Today, we have a jam-packed episode for you. We break down the ins and outs of marketing a growing firm, where to start if your budget is limited, the importance of intake from texting with Google Business Profile to a direct call, the key aspects of websites that convert, and best practices in SEO and what marketing channels will give you the best ROI. But before her role as a marketing maven, Ashton began her career in sports broadcasting. Competitive by nature, she explains how her sports journalism led her to a career she loves in legal marketing. Let's dive in. I originally didn't really want to do marketing. My degree is in journalism, public relations. I do have a minor in marketing, but my dream was always to be a sports reporter and one day work for ESPN, work on the sidelines at football games and stuff like that. And I was actually really involved when I was at Baylor reporting on Baylor football. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. But my husband also played professional baseball when I met him. And with that, what I wanted to do, it just did not mesh well together because he's traveling. And then with reporting, you have to, it's not like you just go to Houston or Dallas and work. You have to go to random cities in the middle of Arkansas or Nebraska and start out there. And so we were just kind of like, this is not, we got, we got to figure out what we want to do. So I kind of put that on hold. And then that's when I started getting into marketing. It was like, I'll get a regular marketing job wherever you're at. And at the time we were in Jupiter, Florida. And so I got my first marketing job there and I was working for a really high-end jewelry store. And that was a ton of fun. I loved it. But we were only there for a short period of time. We had to up and move. So I came back to Houston. My first job in Houston was for a personal injury law firm. I didn't even know like people called an attorney after a car accident. I had just never ever thought of that. So being completely new and and not knowing anything about the industry, I started that job, really enjoyed it because it's so competitive. I'm very competitive. Sports reporting is incredibly competitive. So I really love that. And then I ended up here at Stuart J. Gus. I made the move primarily because I wanted to work 
at a bigger law firm. I wanted more opportunity. And, you know, our firm, there's lots of that. So that's kind of how I ended up here. It's a similar appeal for me as well, just because it's so competitive. It's nice to win in that space. So then how has your role expanded over the years? When I came in, we realized that, you know, we needed people for specific roles. We really needed to expand the marketing department and have, you know, a structured marketing department. So how that, you know, how I got to my role now, I I then became the lead digital marketing specialist and then the marketing manager. And all of that really happened because I had already had, you know, previous experience in the legal industry. And then I just love it so much. And my, my passion and drive for it just led me to continue to grow within this company. And now our marketing department looks so different than it did whenever I came here because we have a social media person specifically for that. We have someone specifically for Google ads and our social media marketing. Then we also have a videographer that we hired not too long ago. And a lot of people try to hire generalists, which is good, but we, we kind of went more of the specialist route. So it's really expanded and, and grown. Yeah. When you want to really dial in on quality, I think specialists tend to, that works in your favor. Tell us a little bit about your firm. Well, let me tell you, we're in Georgia, we're in Chicago, we're in Houston, we're in Dallas, we're in New Orleans. Um, and we're still growing. We're, we're in San Antonio. We have smaller offices in little cities in Houston and, um, like the sub cities of Houston and then also in Texas, but our newest location is Chicago. And then the one right before that is Georgia. So we're like, really, I mean, I guess in the past six months, we, we opened Georgia and Chicago. So we're rapidly expanding. Yes, I wanted to kind of cover that, that you're not just managing a PI firm, you're managing a very large, very fast growing PI firm across multiple states with multiple locations. Those are two very different things. What do you feel like is one of the like misconceptions around marketing for personal injury lawyers? First of all, they don't necessarily think that you need a marketing person for a personal injury law firm. And which is crazy because you do, people see these commercials all the time for like really big law firms, you know, who's, who's doing all that, right? Exactly. Um, I think people just don't put two and two together. I think people think that, you know, oh, do you just do social media? You just like take photos around the office and put it on Instagram and Facebook? (laughs) No, people just really don't understand. And I think it's because personal injury is so different from other legal spaces. So, I mean, I think there's definitely a place for a marketing department and a family law firm, but maybe not as large with not as much money. Same with, you know, immigration law or whatever. Personal injury is just so, so vastly different from any other type of law. You don't need all of that for all these other types of laws. So a lot of people just aren't familiar with personal injury. And really, I don't know, you know, you wouldn't be unless you really knew somebody that worked in the space or had experience with it. I think the misconception is that people think that they they don't need a marketing department. People always ask me, what do you do? I've never heard of a marketing person at a law firm. Wow. It's really bizarre. 
You're right, though. A lot of lawyers that I've talked to when I mention marketing, digital marketing, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have a Facebook. They kind of equivalent social media and like a Facebook presence to digital marketing. And I do think you're right. A lot of it's referral based, especially when you're in family law, immigration law, even criminal defense, where PI, not always the case. And if you want to grow, which a lot of attorneys do, they want to own a business, they want to get big. You can't do that without marketing. (laughs) You could probably support a single person firm and make a living, but you're never going to grow. And there are a lot of those. I mean, that there, I, I see a lot of those, you know, smaller law firms that don't do a lot of digital marketing and they have maybe one person that kind of helps with the marketing, but they're also an intake person and a case manager. And that works for them because their goals are not the same. They're happy and, and they're making enough money to be content there. But with some of these bigger firms, like, like our firm, I mean, we're constantly wanting to grow. We're constantly wanting to expand. Yeah. Paint that picture. You just talked about goals. Where do you sort of see the firm a year, two years, five years down the road? Opening up more offices, really building out our marketing department even more and having, you know, departments where, you know, we have a a PPC department and that's all that they do. And, And they have a whole team doing that instead of just one person. We have video team, we have a content team, we outsource one thing and that's SEO. And that's because you just have to be so specialized in that. That's kind of where I'd like to go. Having our own marketing firm within the firm, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then branching off into other different opportunities within within that. Replicating an exceptional client journey is essential for growth. Ashton explains how her firm elevates the experience and keeps it consistent from client to client. For us, it's having your own call center that's available 24-7, which we do. A lot of firms don't. They outsource it. All of the people that answer the phone are Stuart J. Guess employees. They are in our office. They can go grab an attorney. They can grab a case manager. I mean, and and they are available 24-7. They may not be able to grab an attorney 24-7, but honestly, with our firm, you kind of can. There's always an attorney that we have on call. Um, So if someone calls at three in the morning and, you know, it's a good case, but we've got some questions or they want to speak to an attorney, they can. We really try to also give them a family type of experience, just knowing that we are always there for them whenever they need it. And I really just think that that goes to how well our intake team is implemented. And it's taken a while to get it there because it was not how it is now, but just having those people available to talk to anybody or anybody that, you know, wants an update on their case and just have somebody, sometimes they just want somebody to talk to, even if you're like, okay, well, we'll get you your case manager 9am tomorrow. How does that work? You know, we'll be sure hundred percent that they call back. Also, a lot of it is, 
we get a ton of messages through our Google My Business of people just asking questions about their case and things like that. Those are addressed very quickly. We have a team that addresses those. And yeah, it really just getting an answer or some someone to talk to you as soon as possible. Yes. So you guys really are client first, focused on client experience. I think a lot of people think intake is overcomplicated. And what you just said is very simple. And I think what most people are looking for is a reply. Yeah, honestly. And, and even if it's not an answer to a specific question they have, they just want to know that you heard their question and you will get them a reply in a timely manner. They don't want to call and no one answers or, you know, you can't get a hold of anybody. That is the worst feeling, especially when somebody's dealing with such a traumatic event or experience that has happened in your life. Just a reply, even if that reply is, hey, we'll be in the office 9 a.m. in the morning. We're going to give you a call back with an answer to this. And that's usually enough to make them, you know, feel taken care of. You also just mentioned texting through Google My Business, Google Business Profile. I changed it. Google Business Profile is constantly rolling out new features. And there's a messaging function there that people probably aren't taking advantage of. What are some other missed opportunities that you think firms might be neglecting that you can think of? Really the um, putting posts on there. Updating posts. I mean, it really takes no time at all to do it. If you have new content, put it on your Google business profile and any type of social media content, like if you have videos or anything, just show people that you're active on there and show people, hey, we're a real firm. Because sometimes what I what I think, or and it may just be because I work in the industry, but I think you can look at different places when you're searching and be like, oh, is this real? Or like how many people work there? You know, like you're, you're not really sure because nothing, there's not that much information given, you know, you don't see a picture of all the employees. You don't see a picture of the office and all of that. So really just making sure people realize, Hey, we're real people. We're here. We're here to take care of you. And we're responsive. We're updating our profile and things like that. I think you're very, very correct. Even if it's simple things like, hey, it's our 15-year anniversary as a firm, or it's this person's birthday, even if you're not necessarily educating a potential client or you know actively looking for a new client via social or Google business profile, yes, people want to know that there are people behind this website. <laughs> so it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz when you're looking on Google, you're like, What's behind this? Yes. Yeah, what's behind the screen? <laughs> That's really what what we always, I mean, even with our social media, we try to to showcase all of our employees and showcase what, what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. We've always loved the branding for Attorney Gus. And I, we know good when we see it. It works very well. And I think it's part of the reason you guys have seen the success that you have. What are some key aspects that make like a great personal injury website? I think having a personal injury website that doesn't look like we're back in like the AOL game times, <laughs> yeah. because I still see that um, a lot. 
Consumers are becoming smarter. Having a website with a good call to action that showcases your employees, that showcases your firm, but also isn't screaming at you either. It's a real balancing act with websites. And we're currently redoing ours now, but just tweaking it a little bit for CRO aspects. But yeah, making sure that it's eligible, readable, um, because a lot of these websites still have super tiny text, making it easy for the consumer and like mobile first, because most people are always on mobile. And really, I think a lot of it has goes back to personal injury attorneys don't think they need a marketing department. So they don't have somebody to tell them that or, or they just hire somebody to throw up a website in a few days. And that's what they, they get. And there's so much that goes into it, you know, user testing, making sure that the call to action is clear and people understand where to click, where to put their information. Because that's incredibly important or else people aren't going to contact you. <laughs> yes. And Google has started grading that. <laughs> yes, Where exactly. for a while it was sort of like content. Google was looking at content. It was almost code specific with Lighthouse and or Vitals. They're paying attention to spacing and can you click this button? Stuff like right. that. When you look at the site, you guys do not list recovery amounts. Is that intentional? So yes, it was intentional. Now we are starting to list that. We just did a new commercial recently and we listed a net recovery amount on there for one of our clients. And our client is actually featured in the commercial that we rolled out in Houston. We weren't doing that for a long time. Sometimes it can give clients an expectation. Mm. So we never want to mislead the client or you know, the prospective client. So that's really why we stayed away from that. And that's why we stayed away from it on the website. But yeah, we did just roll that out in a commercial. So we're we're kind of testing that and, and seeing how that works. But another reason I think is really, we don't want to be like every other law firm. And we're really trying hard, especially with our new brand push in Houston, to differentiate ourselves and not be screaming at you. Oh, we're going to get you this. We're going to do this. We just want you to know we're here for you when you need us. But we may be adding that into our new website in a more subtle way. I think it makes sense to not want to set expectations for a client, particularly when it's a PI client, when they might be kind of like in a vulnerable state if they're injured. So I, I see both. I kind of see both sides of that. So I'm curious to see how it kind of goes for you guys as you introduce that. So as the marketing manager, what marketing channel do you see return the most quality leads? SEO and Google ads are kind of right at the same place for us at the moment. I think where the most quality leads that you'll ever see is probably from branding efforts. We just have not been in that space. We haven't really done, we've only done digital marketing for the longest time. So now we're starting to get into traditional branding, which has been really fun and exciting. So I had never done that before. And, and it's been a really huge learning experience. And that's why we're doing it because I do think as digital marketing and as Google ads and SEO and Google keeps monetizing their homepage or the SERP, first page of the SERP. 
And so many people have money to spend on Google ads. You're, you're sitting there competing for that, first of all. Then you have the local service ads. Then you have the maps. And so organic has gotten so far down the map. I don't even want to rely on somebody searching for a car accident attorney anymore. I just want to rely on somebody seeing us enough and knowing that they were in an accident and being like, I need to call Stuart Jacobs. Because before you could get away with relying on that. And you can if you're a smaller firm, but if you are trying to grow, you really just can't rely on that because Google changes so much and who knows what, what's going to happen next. So I just want people to know who we are. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think when I have seen the first page take shape over the last year, I, I think a lot of like the SEO kind of falling further down, but I almost see opportunity in that. Because where with organic SEO, it's kind of like one one position. If you do all of them, you can be on the front page four times. <laughs> that is very true. No, there's you a can get LSA. Uh -huh. You can get Google Business Profile. You can get Google Ads, and then you can get top organic. So you're right. Like attorney guest, attorney guest. I'm all right. I will contact this person. I've now been inundated with Google. So I I see it almost as an opportunity. I know. I definitely see that as well. For us, I think the most challenging part, I mean, our, our maps are really good. The organic's good. What's been tricky for us is the LSAs and getting that to be consistently showing because, and there's no real way to optimize it. I've sat in the bathtub just for <laughs> like two hours trying to search and figure out how can you possibly optimize these things. It's not like Google ads where you can have a strategy that no one else knows about. It's just not like that. That's where I'm like, huh? Eh. And then the Google ads just showing up for parks and an attorney nowadays, those ads are like $500 and up per click just for someone to click on it. And I mean, there are firms in Houston that really dominate that, that space, but it is just wildly expensive. I don't think anyone has cracked the code on LSA yet on the local service ads. I'm paying attention to it because I there doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason to it just yet. I know. It almost really frustrates me. Mm -hmm. It's so new. Where like I know exactly what dictates what does what shows up for Google Business Profile. I know exactly what shows up organic, even ads. You pay the most money. <laughs> LSA is a mystery still, so I kind of like that, but it's frustrating. <laughs> I know. I'm sure down the road there will be someone who finally or Google will allow for more optimization. But I think now since it is so new, it's kind of just a set it and forget it and. You just get what you get. <laughs> Gosh, fingers. Exactly. I think Google will tell us eventually, like, hey, here's what we're looking for. They just, they haven't yet. Is there a favorite campaign you've worked on? You just mentioned your new commercial. Is there anything else you really liked doing? My favorite right now is just getting into the branding and these new commercials. So we did a commercial at the beginning of baseball season with Lance Berkman. And, and that plays in some of the Astro spots. So that's been really awesome because I think it's my favorite because it's the first one that I ever did. And I really vetted, like when I tell you, I had so many phone calls with branding agencies, with media buyers, because I was getting one shot to do this. 
and I had to do it correctly and I had to pull it off because Stuart had never wanted to do commercials before. And he was giving me this like opportunity and I needed to nail it. And I think we really did. I love having my friends. They always text me when they see the commercial. It makes me so happy because I worked really hard on that. Um, And then that led to Stuart loving our commercials, loving the direction we were going in and then wanting to do more. So now we're doing more. And I guess this all started back in February. So since February, we've been having a hard push in all of that. And I've learned a lot and it's been really, really exciting. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to talk about branding. I do feel like branding is back to the basics. So it's interesting to me to have a marketing department that is like flushed out in every channel and then back to branding. I think it's smart actually, because like you learn a lot about what you need to tell your potential clients from doing it kind of like as is, back to the basics, really establish the brand. And then all of those channels benefit from it. Right. That's really what or why we wanted to get into it. Because first of all, it was getting so competitive and we're only opening offices in the most competitive places. Right. (laughs) Chicago, no big deal. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I got to figure out a way where our cost per click can go down on Google ads, where we can start getting leads and, and, and really diversify ourselves. Especially, I think I just really got freaked out whenever Google's landscape started changing. I just wanted to have one aspect of our marketing where it wasn't reliant on Google or Facebook or any of these platforms that we just, we could control it and we had it. But if they've seen our commercial and they see our business profile, then um, they'll click it. You know, if they see our Google ad and they've seen our commercial, they're more likely to click it. Same with our organic. So yeah, I think it's just going to rise all the tides. If we have enough people that are calling us from our commercials and our campaigns that are seeing us, I don't want to pay Google anymore. I mean, we will. We we will always have that channel, but I don't want to have to throw a ton of money at it. Yes. I think the pandemic is just it threw everything online. Mm -hmm. Like even Facebook ads started getting way more expensive. Yes where I think some firms were still seeing return on more traditional investments like billboards that probably decreased significantly when you take everybody off the roads. Right. I think it just shoved everybody online and made a competitive industry even more competitive. I still think even with the changing landscape from Google, that organic SEO is still the best return on investment. It's certainly not the only way to get a lead, but bang for your buck, still still your best bet. And, and honestly, and that's just because it's it's evergreen. It's always going to be there. I mean, the work you put in now in SEO, it's going to always be there for you. Yes. It's direct intent. You know, with a commercial, you're going to be broadcasting to a lot of people who have not been injured in a car ad. With SEO and Google ads as well, the ads are just more expensive than SEO. <laughs> you're, it's direct intent. You're talking to someone who wants a lawyer. They're looking. They want to buy. So... Yeah. And we haven't, we haven't gotten into billboards quite yet. We want to just reinforce what we're doing digitally. What are some best practices in SEO that you've seen? I just leave things up to rankings and I let them tell me (laughs) because I know that you are always up to date on what's going on. I mean, this is what you do every single day. I think a lot of marketing managers 
they're so that they are generalists for the, for the most part. But then they may have one specific place where they have a ton of knowledge. So for me, that would be Google Ads because that's where I started out. But for the SEO, I mean, I've always, I've actually learned everything that I do know just by listening to Chris in our meetings. I've learned a lot from that. And um, it's interesting when I first started this job, I knew really almost nothing. And then about SEO, I knew a ton about Google Ads. But then just listening to Chris now, I'm like, I, I can talk the talk with people and know, okay, here's, if you're a small business, here's what you can do that can help you. And if you're a personal injury law firm in Houston, <laughs> I'm going to defer to rankings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're competitive nerds. So we, like, we watch like every day, like where are our clients at and what do we need to do? How do you see the marketing landscape changing and evolving, particularly in the PR space? I think every personal injury law firm will have a marketing department that is wanting to grow. And that's big. I think that it's going to become a thing where it's just a have to have. There are still attorneys out there that are doing their own marketing and you just can't keep up with, if you're in a very competitive like city, you can't do that. But even if you're in a small city in Texas, those small competitors or those big competitors in Houston are dominating those smaller cities also. So you have to have a digital marketing department. But what's an interesting theory that John Morgan said is that he thinks in the future, marketers will own personal injury law firms. And personal injury law marketing is just, it's the utmost important thing in your firm. Stuart always calls our firm a marketing law firm. Mm. This is a marketing firm. And then, you know, he's like, but we have great lawyers. Yeah, you guys are very good at it. (laughs) (laughs) A marketing law firm with great lawyers. (laughs) Right, right. But we're marketing centered first. John Morgan says lots of smart stuff. He talked about during the pandemic, when they were faced with like, you know, what what were we going to do? He talks about like growing vertically and then also horizontally. And I thought that was smart. Like your PI, you open up criminal defense. Criminal defense, you open up immigration. And then sort of the other way, like if you're a business owner, you have a law firm, well, then you start a real estate company and you kind of stay in and then go out. I think that's interesting. It's very kind of like diversifying. But very smart. Uh, Along with innovations can come confusion and each channel and platform has its own set of evolving rules. If a firm has a limited budget... Where are the top three places you'd spend marketing budget that would have the most impact? What if you have a very small budget? So if you, I think like with a a healthy budget, but it's not, you know, huge, like maybe you got 20,000 to spend. I think doing a little bit of SEO is, I think you have to do SEO first. I think that that's where you have to start because it takes the most time to get where you want to go with SEO. Um, You can always add, Google ads are so quick. You can always add that later. I think putting almost all of that budget into SEO first is the best way to go. Now, it's not going to give you an ROI ROI immediately, but it will, you'll be thankful later. And then the other place I would say is Google ads just because I found a lot of success with it. 
but a lot of people don't find a lot of success with it. It just depends on who's doing it for you. And if they are a company that kind of just threw up a campaign and forgot about it and report on it, you know, every month, sometimes that can be the worst place to put your money. It just depends on who's doing that campaign for you. But I would have to say, yeah, SEO, 100%. And then Google Ads on top of that, if you need immediate cases, an immediate ROI. I agree on SEO. If you can start early, it takes a little while to kick in. Even if you don't have the budget for SEO, do content. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like hire a content writer, put it on your website, have somebody in-house that kind of knows WordPress, put it on your website and just get it going. Yes. Then when you do have a budget for SEO, that's been baking at least. Mm-hmm. You at right. least have like a little bit of a start. But what you just said is interesting because it's really easy to waste money on Google ads. If you don't have someone who knows you, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> oh, you can waste money literally in a blink of an eye. You can spend all of your budget and get nothing. Nothing. And that's why I would say you have to have somebody who knows what they're doing and that has actual results. I definitely would not tell someone, oh, just hire anybody for Google ads. If you don't have the budget for SEO, that's okay. Start with content. And as you grow, invest in a digital project manager to cut down on time waste, increase productivity, and your bottom line. So project management, you have to have one. A lot of them are good. We use Asana. There's like Trello. We used to use Rike. I mean, they're all kind of the same. But having that really does help because so, so much gets thrown at me in a day that I have to put it away somewhere until I have time to go back and start that project or think about that. So I'll get an email, you know, even if I get an email at like 8 p.m., I can stick it into Asana and be like, okay, I'm going to read that whenever, you know, that's not a priority now, but it will be. And then tracking everything. We love data. Like i I really, really love data. I could spend all day looking at analytics, looking at our CRM, and even just looking at where every single lead comes from. I sometimes try to overcomplicate it, (laughs) but we use Google Data Studio a lot. And we even had one specifically built from someone that has actually been very helpful for us. And then we had Dana from Kickpoint. She built us out of Data Studio as well. We have several different Data Studios that will go in and look at different sets of information. So for her, a lot of it is just putting all of our information from Google Analytics and Search Console into a way that's more easily digestible instead of, because sometimes Google Analytics is just a lot. You want it in a place where you can really look at it. But yeah, I would say Data Studio has been amazing. And every campaign that we start, we'll build out a Data Studio for it. And we'll just, we'll use that. I love that. It's also always going to make your efforts more effective and then your partners more effective. They'll know exactly what needs to, like what needs tweaked. Right. And even for for rankings, I mean, we have two data studios and I think we've given access to so that, you know, y'all can see what we're seeing in real time instead of waiting for the communication. Yes. 
Well, and we're looking at organic traffic rankings, all of those metrics, even some of the more site-specific metrics like bounce rate. But we want to know the same thing you guys are looking at, which is the phone ringing. (laughs) What I've kind of started doing with y'all is depending on my bandwidth for that month, sometimes I'll get really granular on things. And then I'll send over, you know, okay, these are all the signed cases we got. And these are the specific pages that every single one came from. Now, sometimes that can be a lot because our CRM doesn't integrate very well with other things. So I have to do it manually, but sometimes it's fun. I love seeing like the different pages that it's coming from. And I'm like, oh, this is working. That's a new page, you know. It's exciting. Really exciting. It's very exciting. Oh yeah. I think it is too. <laughs> I, like even if you're talking, I was like, oh, will she share that with me? Can I look at that? I would love to see that. I probably have it. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. I believe you're a bookworm. Yes. I love books. What are you reading? So right now I am reading a Joyce Meyer book. I just read this book called Over It, which is like kind of like a women's empowerment book, which is really good by Kelsey Graham. And then my favorite book ever is Where the Crawdads Sing. And that movie just came out and I watched it and it was so good. And then probably The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Mm, That's a very versatile taste right there. Joyce Meyer to Husbands of Evelyn. I love it. Yes, I, I read a lot of fiction and I have Chris Dreyer's like, where, where you track all the books you read. Yeah, oh, Goodreads. Yeah, yeah. Goodreads, yeah. And um, I look at his and he's always reading all these business books. And I am all about consuming information and like learning. But sometimes I really have to shut my brain off and unwind because my brain is always going. And so I have to read fiction books to just go into a different world and not think about work or anything just so that I can fall asleep. When a firm reaches the size of one like Stuart Jacobs, the non-negotiables for stellar client experience begin before the first call is ever made. From in-house and specialized marketing to 24-7 in-house call centers, the client comes first. Though the vast majority of female-run firms are still working towards this level of growth, remember that none of it happens overnight. Outsource where you can and invest in marketing especially if you're a personal injury firm. A huge thank you to Ashton Bremer for sharing her story and unbelievable insights with us today. You have been listening to Lawher with me, Sonia Palmer. If you found this content insightful, inspiring, or it just made you smile, please share this episode with the trailblazers in your life. For more about Ashton, check out our show notes. And while you're there, please leave us a review or a five-star rating. It really goes a long way for others to discover the show. And I will see you next week on LawHer, where we'll shed light on how another of the brightest and boldest women in the legal industry climbed to the top of her field. Bye.